God that's worthy to be worshipped. Thank you that you've done everything that's worthy of worship. That nothing, no other God compares to you and stands anywhere close to you. Thank you for what you've done in coming as a man. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for placing us here in this place to worship you with pure hearts and holy lives. We're so thankful for you, Jesus. We're so thankful for your sacrifice. We're so thankful for your blood. It was not wasted. We're so thankful for you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We pray that you just put a stamp on our hearts with your love for us. That you never let us be the same again. And God, we ask that you do that. Yeah, that was super good. Um, I think Jared and Tyler are leading Jesus kids this, today. So we should just go super long. Make them know what it feels like. <laughs> right, Sarah? <laughs> no. Um, go to Romans chapter 8. Last week we talked a little bit about um, the love of God. And I feel like... I feel like it was um, kind of just kind of pushing us in the direction of what God has for us in the sense of in the sense of we're always going to have and always going to continue to search out and study out and encounter the love of God, right? For us, for people. Um, but I believe like there's a necessary response to what when, we're, when we understand and we see the love of God for us personally. God's love is not just let me say it like this. God's love is not just selfish, but it's super beneficial for you. Does that make sense? Like God's love isn't just, its intention wasn't just so that you're, you be loved by God. It's so that you become the love of God for people, right? But you get to be blessed in the process, right? Like I'm, and, and this is something, I was like, man, Lord, because it's something that is not necessarily super, um, shout me down kind of good but it's like we all need to we all need to pursue walking and looking like Jesus and walking and looking like love for the sake of other people like so many times we and this is I think one of the biggest I don't know if it's like overemphasis in the body of Christ is that we we have become very personal in our in our relationship and our walk with Jesus, and that's not necessarily the case. The, there is a very personal walk and encounter with Jesus, and obviously there's a, Jesus came to, to save you personally and wants an intimate relationship with you, but you're part of a body and part of a grand plan of God, right? When we overemphasize the individuality of the gospel, we lose sight of the grand scheme of what God's plan is for the earth, Right? We think that, like, when it's just all about us, we're lit like you're literally a, a drop of sand in the, she in the shore of God's history and his plan. That's why we don't just read the New Testament. We read the Old Testament also, because it's the same story, right? It's the story of redemption coming to Jesus. And then the New Testament is looking back at what he's done, looking towards where he's coming again to judge the earth, right? But when we, when, and this is what I mean by, there is, like, I love that I'm loved by God, and I love that I can shut my door and be loved by God, and I'm so thankful for that. But Jesus doesn't want me to just encounter his love and not let that change me so that other people can see it. Does that make sense? That's why Jesus says, he's like, no one lights a lamp and puts it in a secret place. But so many times we think that the secret place is the culmination of our Christianity, and it's not. Right? Like, if we're like, oh, we're going to be in the secret place the rest of our lives, it's like, he doesn't want you in your secret place the rest of your life. He loves your secret place. He loves your time with just you and him, but he wants that to impact you in such a way to where you start to walk it out and you look like him in, in areas, right? 
That's why Paul says, he's like, the mystery that's been revealed is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the hope of the glory of God being manifest in the earth. So he put himself in you so that he could manifest himself through you into the earth. And I know I talk about it a lot, like, because, but if we lose sight of why we're here and what we're doing, then we're going to become very discouraged and it's going to become very inward focused, personally and corporately, right? Churches that are inward focused slowly but surely start to die, right? The Dead Sea is the Dead Sea because there's not an outlet. They got, they got all the streams coming in, but nowhere going out, right? So I believe like what I shared on last week about the love of God I was just thinking about it and praying about it, and the Lord is just super, I'm up here kind of repenting to the Lord about a lot of things. It's like, Jesus' love for me and the way that he lived his life is super, super convicting, like super convicting. Like, can you imagine being a disciple of Jesus and, and letting, like living with this man that wakes up every single day and doesn't ever think about himself and only thinks about other people and only pursues and per, like passionately goes after other people, never hear him complain, never hear him, like nothing, and then I'm like complaining to Taya that there's not enough nice restaurants in Lansing. You know what I'm saying? Like, sorry if you're a restaurant owner, but like, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sitting up here repenting. I'm like, man, praise God that Jesus doesn't have the mindset that I have sometimes. Praise God he didn't have the mindset that I have sometimes. Because he would have never did what he did if he had the mindset that I have sometimes. But like, I was sitting here, I was like, and I was so thankful for it because when Jesus is put on display and the love of God is put on display, it actually starts to convict who I am that doesn't look like him. And it's not just conviction. And like we talked about last week, conviction is calling me up higher because he's created me to look like him. So when I see something that doesn't look like him, I'm drawn into now look like him. He's like, hey, the reason that I want, I'm, the reason that I'm loving you and the reason that you're encountering my love is so that it changes you so that it, by a byproduct, you start to think like me. Right? That's why you just spend time right here and you just sing, we crown you over and over again. You, don't, you might not realize it, but you'll walk out just different looking. You have no idea why and what happened. It doesn't really make sense. And it's like what Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter, or Mark chapter 4, where it's like he scatters the seed and they rise and they sleep and it doesn't really know how, but it springs up. It's a byproduct of being with Jesus and experiencing his love. And so many times I've, co I've come into the place of like, I need to... Um, I need to love, or I need to surrender. I need to go after Jesus more. Simon needs to go after Jesus more. Michelle needs to go after Jesus more. And all, all of that comes from an, an, an encounter and a revelation of the love of God for them personally, right? So we're trying to, like, that's why, I mean, for years of church history, we've been trying to get people to do things. And you can't get people to do things in obligation that they won't do in love, Right? We, we, we do it all the time, and we do it personally. We try to do things out of obligation and not out of love. And it's like if, if you, like what Nathaniel shared, if you see value in people, if you're, if you're so captivated by the value that God has for this person, it's not hard for you to share Jesus with that person, right? Nathaniel isn't praying for six months and 12 months trying to muster up the faith to go out and share his faith with this person. He's settled in it, like, because he sees the value. And if he's not, Jesus is bringing him back to say, hey, I need you to see, her, see this person's value. And usually what he does is he's like, I need you to see your value and see what I paid for you. And that same price tag is on her head that it's priced on your head, right? That's why it's, that's why it's like the gospel is so simple because it always comes back to you, but it always flips and goes back outward after, after you're filled up, right? It's so good to me. So look at Romans chapter 8. Um, Verse 31. Verse 31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Right? And everything he just wrote in Romans chapter 8 is absolutely, incredibly amazing. And he says, what can we say to these things that we just talked about, right? All the freedom that you've been given in Christ, all the, the spirit of God, the power of God, the freedom from sin. I mean, everything he just talked about, he's like, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things, 
right? Like what we talked about last week. The love of God, the measuring stick of the love of God is Jesus hanging on a cross for you. It's the fact that God gave his son on your behalf in your place when you were still a sinner. That's the measuring stick of God's love. It's not whether your finances are well. It's not whether, it's not whether you're doing well. It's not whether things are going swell for you. None of that is the measuring stick of God's love. It's not whether your kids are serving the Lord or your marriage is fine. That's not the measuring stick of God's love, right? The measuring stick of God's love is, a, is God sent his son on your behalf, and it proved that God loves you, period, forever, never going to change, right? So if God did not spare his son on your behalf, how will he not freely give, him, give you all things? Right? So keep reading. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. This is incredible to me right here. That, God, that Jesus is at the right hand of God making intercession on my behalf. Right? Like the Lord just spoke it to me. I was up here. He's just like, so many times we say things to somebody or we see something that's wrong with, with somebody or in a situation um, and we, we, we go to them and we say, hey, this is what I'm seeing or hey, I feel like this needs to change, all that stuff. And, and at least in my life, and I'll speak for myself, the majority of the time have not even for a second prayed for that person in their heart. But I'm really good at nitpicking. You ever thought about that? I mean, maybe I'm the only one that does that, but like I'm super good at pointing, out, at pointing out what needs to change, and I'm really, really bad at interceding on somebody's behalf. Has anyone ever experienced that, or is that just me? <laughs> Lauren's like <laughs> super slow. But no, it's just, it's so funny because it's like the Lord was just showing it to me. He's like a specific situation where I'm like, he's like, you're right in what you're saying, but you're wrong because you haven't even prayed for that person at all or postured your heart in a way that, prays for their benefit and you're not and you're saying it from the wrong heart now because but you're saying the right thing it's so crazy to me that you can literally say exactly the right thing with the wrong heart and it not bring any fruit because you said it with the wrong heart it's also equally incredible to me that you can say all that and nobody would know the difference except for you and the lord isn't that awesome it's in that's incredible to me that you can literally that's why like I talk about like leading and pastoring and like shepherding. I'm like, it, it, it's crazy. Because it's like, I, I can say things, I can say exactly what Jesus would say in the situation with the wrong heart posture. And it's not, it's with a selfish motive. And the Lord looks at it and says, you did that completely wrong. But I said exactly what he would have said in the situation. Right? That's why it's so, so, so important for you to know him and so important for you to, sh to spend time with him and so important for you to be in this environment in the presence of the Lord because he'll show you things where your heart posture was wrong. And it's always really equally important just to be humble and respond with, with the right heart. Because one thing for the Lord to show you something, it's another thing for you to respond well to it, right? Like, side, completely side note, if you want me to get on this soapbox, one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they don't act on their conviction that the Lord showed them. If the Lord shows you something and you don't respond well or respond right, like you just push it off like, yeah, 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 I shouldn't have done that right or whatever, and you don't make it right or you don't say something or you don't go and apologize or repent or whatever it is, like you're putting yourself in a dangerous place because you're resisting conviction in that area, right? And the, it's not that the Lord's not gonna continue to keep bringing that up, but you, you, you cannot, you'll start to, callous your heart to, to what he's saying to you and tend you like a pure heart and a tender heart to his voice is very very important right so many times people don't respond well to conviction because they don't realize that like the repentance and the and like it's what you were saying yesterday like repentance is for you the lord is trying to get you to, to bring you back out into a place of of freedom and clearing of your conscience and clearing of your heart right that's why it's like um Man, I don't want to get on this soapbox, but. So think about this. Like, let's say that. Let's say that, like, you know, you, you and your wife just got in a, in a disagreement in the morning. And, like, you said something out of frustration or whatever. And the Lord brought it up to you. He was like, hey, you said that out of frustration. 
if you don't, this is why it's so important to respond. If you don't respond and go and make that right, right? Like Jesus says, leave your gift at the altar, go and be reconciled to your brother. If you don't go and, and respond, the Lord is, he's drawing you into a place of forgiveness and freedom, right? He wants deeper relationship, deeper connection with you and your wife and with him. But here's one of the, the biggest issues is it's not just your relationship with your wife. It's when you get into a situation, you'll know your conscience will actually start to condemn you because you're not living, what you, living out a conviction in your heart. Does that make sense? I don't think it does. So let's say that Michelle comes. So now you're going about your day and you're like, yeah, I, should, I shouldn't have said it that way, but she shouldn't have, whatever. Like you justify your response. A lot of people do that. I've done it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, she shouldn't have said it like that then. Like I know I'm wrong in that area, but she's 90% wrong. I'm 10%. You know what I'm saying? You're 10%? Here's the problem okay? It, and it, it is not the Lord at all. It's you. Michelle can come to me at four o'clock, and I haven't responded and handled this in the right way, and I haven't settled it in my heart. She'll be like, hey, would you pray for me to be healed? And my own conscience will, will rise up and condemn me because I haven't addressed something in my heart. But it's not the Lord. It's not the Lord that's hindering anything. It's I'm not praying in faith because I haven't addressed something because my conscience isn't clear really good super 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 good because that's why Paul says he's like I praise God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience right he Paul he tells Timothy he's like some having having you know whatever he says having what do you say no seared singed but both neither one that's not the scripture I'm talking about sorry right they, they he's like they've shipwrecked their faith because they haven't they haven't pursued God with a clear conscience so they've let little things come in and it's not God that's condemning anybody he's calling them up higher he's calling them out of that place but they haven't addressed what's going on in their heart does that make sense it's just a simple conviction it's just a simple conviction and that's why like God is setting you up to handle your conviction well and if you don't handle your conviction well that's what I mean by like having a pure heart and being like Man, I have to go right to this person, right to this situation. That's why, I mean, Matthew chapter 18 is so important. You have a problem with your brother, go directly to him right away, right? Don't go and get three other friends and try to get, build a case to where they, they agree that you're right also. Go directly to your brother. But it's so important because, like, man, I don't want to get on all this, but the conscience is just really weird. It's really, the Lord gave it to people. The Lord gave the conscience to people like your conscience, it's so, without a conscience, man would just walk into complete utter darkness. You understand? That's why people that don't know Jesus have a conscience in a place to where that's why they don't, that's why everybody that's not a believer isn't a complete, like, psychopathic murderer because of their conscience or because they have a little bit of truth somewhere that's, that's keeping them and their conscience is convicting them or condemning them, right? That's crazy to me. That, that's God's goodness in the earth. He created man with a conscience, right? But also, on the flip side of that, your conscience is very easily, very easily, like, um, condemnable. Man, I'm going to get really stuck in this if I keep going. Go to J Hebrews chapter 10 really quick. Verse, verse 11, okay, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11, and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins implying that there is a sacrifice that can take away sins, right? He's talking about the old covenant law and he's making a reference about Jesus as the new high priest of the new covenant, referring to an old, high, or an old covenant, an old high priest of what they do, okay? And this is very, very, very important. And I'm completely gone and I'm sorry, but this is, he is, Jesus is our new high priest. He's the mediator between God and man, right? 
I'm not your mediator. Your priest is not your mediator. Jesus is the high priest, the mediator, right? I don't come confess your sins to me. He's the high priest, right? Unless you want to be healed. Then you can confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. That's important also. But it's the same thing what I was talking about. If I, have a, if I have an issue between me and Nathaniel, confess your sins one to one another that you may be healed. It's not just so that God is forgiving me. He made that decision a long time ago, but he's going to appropriate that on my behalf. So look, but this man, Jesus, verse 12, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, can you say one sacrifice? One sacrifice, not you beating yourself up three days after you, be, after you made a mistake. Right? There's been one sacrifice that was made for sins, all sins, forever. Right? What we do, what we do when like, we make a mistake and we don't respond well to it or we don't handle it well, what we do is we say, okay, you know, Jesus, I understand your sacrifice and all that you went through and your blood is on the, the mercy seat, but here's my you know, self-condemnation or here's my beating of my own self or here's my you know, distance from you for three days, or here's my not going to church today because I feel bad, and I'm going to add that to the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. That's what you're doing. It's rough because I've done it multiple times, right? You make a mistake, and you're like, you didn't pray for a day because you're like, I can't really go to God, or I can't, or you're punishing yourself, proving that you're sorry, and what you're doing is you're taking your whatever that sacrifice looks like, and you're adding that blood to the, to the, to the cross. And I wouldn't do that. <laughs> don't mingle blood. It's not good. Just let it be pure. Let it be spotless. Don't, don't, don't put your blood in there. It's got nothing good in it. Right? <clears throat> One sin forever. He sat down at the right hand of God from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Jesus, by one sacrifice, his one sacrifice perfected you forever and you're being sanctified into that purpose and into that reality. Right? Like, you should just rest in that. That Jesus' one sacrifice, we're just reading the Bible too, so don't get mad at me. Jesus' one sacrifice has, past tense, perfected forever those who are being sanctified. That's incredible. So when you put your faith in Jesus, his one sacrifice has perfected you forever. And now you're being sanctified, you're being set apart for God's purpose, and that's why he's addressing all these things in your life, because he's already perfectly sanctified you for his purpose. That's why, he won't, that's why Jesus won't allow one little thing between me and my wife, Nathaniel. <laughs> I just keep looking at him, but me and my wife, I'm not, he's not gonna let one thing, one thing go between us because he's, He's, he's perfected me forever, made me in his image, and now he's sanctifying me according to his purpose. Sanctification just means being set apart for a purpose, right? If I have like, whatever, 12 arrows, I take one arrow, this is sanctified for a purpose, for killing, right? Killing deer. This one arrow is sanctified. It's set apart for one purpose. This arrow is for shooting fun targets. This arrow is for killing. Great deer. You know what I mean? But it's, so I have 12 of them, but I'm sanctifying one of them for a purpose. Does that make sense? <laughs> Chip's back there like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> right? So I'm sanctifying this one for a purpose. So Jesus perfected you and then sanctified you for his purpose in the earth. And that's why he's continually, as the, through the person of the Holy Spirit, convicting you of areas. And that's why you need to respond in a certain way in your conviction. Does that make sense? Is that making sense? Is there any questions on that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we think, so here's the thing, let me think about this. This is what I mean by, like, so I'm like, I'm going to get sucked in and I'm never going to come back out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we know, that we don't, we don't realize that the, that the battle, like we talk about a lot, the battlefield, the war, the, the, the battleground is in our minds. It's not in, in who he created us to be in our spirit. Right? Like, he has perfected you forever in your spirit. That's why if I shot Michelle, she would continue to live on, but her body would die. 
right? So her body just kind of follows whatever her spirit and her mind. Man, I don't... I'm just like feeling like I have zero time to explain all this. really good yeah right like did everybody hear her right so that's so 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 important so this will answer your question this is where we get tripped up we think that ray is not perfected or not saved in this place because she has bitterness right subconsciously that's where that's where people miss it up it's like we think that she's not born again she's not saved she's not perfected she's not in the image of christ because she has bitterness bitterness is sin i'm not trying to call you out but that's what it is (laughs) right so we think we think that now you're not, you're not perfected forever because of the blood of Jesus. Now she has to somehow get that back under the blood, whatever. No, Jesus is actually sanctifying her according to the perfection of who she is already. That's why, he, that's why he's calling up, her up higher, right? Does that make sense? The reason that she can hear his voice, the reason that he's saying that you can forgive and be free from this is because he's perfected her heart forever, right? If she died and went to the Lord, she'd stand before him completely perfect, completely pure before she ever repented for that sin. Because of the blood of Jesus, because it's already been shed, it's already been sacrificed on her behalf. Does that make sense? And that's why righteousness always produces fruit to holiness. Because when the Lord shows you something that's not fruitful, fruitful, shows you something that's not fruitful, the root is righteousness that will always produce better fruit. Does that make sense? And that's, that's incredible. Great, great example. So many times we think, oh, well, I, I, shouldn't be in this, I shouldn't be in this bitterness. You should just be thankful that God showed it to you, right? Because before, like Hebrews chapter 12, I was reading it this morning. He's like, you know, rejoice when you're chastened by the Lord, when you're chastised by the Lord. He's like, the son who he loves, he chastises, right? Any, any father that doesn't correct his son doesn't love his son, right? But he's like, he says, you're illegitimate. You're illegitimate illegitimate children if God doesn't actually chastise you. That's because you're in his family. He's creating you to look like him. And through the Holy Spirit, he's trimming, pruning, renewing your mind to see and to look through a certain eye just like him because you're in his family, because you're created in his image, right? That's why he won't let things go that aren't fruitful, right? He's not going to let Ray continue in that mindset because it's going, because on her behalf, it's going to create tension, problems, and actually it's going to create a lot of problems because many are defiled by the root of bitterness. Does that make sense? That's why, that's why the Holy Spirit came in that moment, but he sanctified her, but she had a necessary response to respond well in that situation. Does that make sense? Super, super good, right? Keep, keep reading. This will keep going. This will keep making sense. Um, he perfected forever those who are being sanctified, but the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us for after he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them, right? So when, he, when Ray accepts Jesus, she's perfected forever according to the grace and the power and the blood of Jesus. And he's actually written his laws in her heart and in her mind to where she's starting to live those out. And she's starting to see things that, aren't, that are contrary to, to truth to the word, to, the, to who she is, right? That's why she doesn't want it. That's why, she, that's why she's like very easily like, I need to repent from this because I don't want it because it's not who she is, right? Very easy for somebody that's not born again to live in bitterness. You've seen it, right? It's like their lifestyle. They're just like, 
I mean, <laughs> you ask them, how are you doing? Bitterness rises up. And I'm just like, I didn't ask about that. I asked how you were doing. You know what I'm talking about? You ever notice how it's very, like, simple that people can, it's very, I was trying to think about this. Like, it's like a, I was talking to Taya about it. It's like common ground when you meet somebody you don't know that the first thing you do is talk about and complain. You ever notice that? Like, if you just meet somebody on the street, like, hey, it's nice to meet you, this and that. I can't believe, like, and they'll just start talking about, like, how their car was in the shop and the part didn't come in the last six months and there's all back ordered because of the Suez Canal. And I'm just like, I don't even know who you are. Like, what's your last name? You know what I'm saying? Like, but this is what's incredible is it relates to everybody has, everybody relates to that because we're all living for ourselves outside of Jesus. Right? That's the, it's the very basis common ground for everybody is man's living for himself because they don't live for Jesus. Because when man ate the tree, they fell and it's all about them now. So everybody can relate to complaining because it's the language of hell. And we've been trained by it. It's for real. Like I'm just being super straight. That's why, that's why immediately when you're, I mean, am I the only one that's done that? Like you just talk to somebody random and it's like, Right off the bat, it's like the worst things that are going on and how everyone's, you know, they're not, they're getting the short end of the stick and all this stuff comes, it's all, because it's all about them. You know what I'm saying? Jesus has got the short end of the stick every single day. You understand that? This dude, this dude, I can't even get, that's why I mean he's so convicting because the dude has absolute perfect truth and they're, they're literally listening every single day for how they can kill this dude and he is God with perfect truth. And you talk about the short end of the stick. You know what I'm saying? And then eventually he does get the short end of the stick. He lets mankind, God Almighty, that breathe breath into mankind, lets mankind beat him. Right? And then we complain because our part didn't come in in the, in, our, our, in, our, in the shop. You know what I'm saying? But it's so crazy. I don't even know how I got on all that. How did I get on all that? Yeah. We've been sanctified. Somebody needed to hear that. No, it's true though, but that's why, oh, it's not, it's not, it's not Ray's nature to live in that any longer, right? It's, it's not her nature to live in that. That's because she's been perfected forever. And that's why our pursuit of holiness is just a byproduct of pursuing Jesus. Because when you pursue Jesus, the image of Christ is on display and you have a choice whether you're going to continue to live the way that you've always lived or whether you're going to put that thing off and continue to, to pursue the image of Christ. It's, o- it's only two options, right? And that's why I'm saying is like when you get the opportunity to repent in conviction, respond well. Like if you, have an, if you have a situation with your wife, like you need to call her right away. You need to like whatever it looks like, you need to repent in your heart. Even if it's like, okay, I can't talk to this person until later. Like you need to settle in your heart repentance and be like, man, Lord, you're totally right. I need to make it right. And, and even if it's going to be, you know, a week down the road because they're gone and they don't have their phone or whatever, like I'm going to make sure that this is handled like quickly and promptly because I'm going to pursue what you've called me to. And I'm not going to let anything come in that's going to try to muddy my conscience and like let that thing rise up in my heart that's not actually producing any life. Does that make sense? So keep reading. This is where I want to get to. <clears throat> he wrote their laws in their minds and their hearts. Um, verse 7, then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. It's so funny. Then he adds this, that their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm not going to remember anything that you've ever done. Um, now, where there is a remission of these, where there is a remission of sins, what does remission mean? Taking away, cancellation, removal, right? Where there is a removal of sin, there's no longer an offering for sin. Does that make sense? If we take away sin to where sin is taken away, right? Jesus, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. If he takes away all the sins of the world, then there really isn't an offering for sin anymore. There isn't you beating yourself up for three days. Does that make sense? There isn't you trying to do penance. There isn't you saying five Hail Marys. I'm not trying to be mean, but that's not an offering for sin. You're not adding to the blood. You have to choose one thing or the other. You can't do both. Right? And I'm not trying to be rude or mean. That's just the truth. There's one, <laughs> what are you laughing at? There's one thing. There is no longer a offering for sin. Therefore, brethren, verse 19, this is what I wanted to get to. Therefore, because there is no longer an offering of sin, therefore, brethren, 
Therefore, brethren, having what? Boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. You understand, we, would you say that at large in the body of Christ, there's boldness in people's hearts? That means that we lack an understanding of the blood of Jesus. And we shouldn't. We're not sure. We haven't been made confident that his blood was enough. That's why the blood of Jesus needs to be preached in the gruesomeness that it is. Because there's a confidence and a boldness in the blood of Jesus. There has to be a reverence and an understanding of what he's accomplished. Right? That when we come to him, you either believe that his blood was enough or you believe it wasn't. And there's no other option for you. And it creates a boldness in your heart. That when you come to him. I remember I was, it's so funny. I, I remember how, like where I was, I was working. And I was thinking about somebody that went through like some traumatic event and I was like, man, Lord, like they're going to, like they're going to have a hard time like getting past that. They're going to have a hard time. They're going to be all the stuff that we say, stained and, and, and struggling and all this stuff. And the Lord says, he says, just interrupted my, I'm literally just thinking it, not praying it. I'm just thinking like, man, this is going to be tough for this person. The Lord interrupts me. He says, you know the difference between me and you, Dylan? He goes, I believe the blood of my son was enough and you don't. And I was like, because if the blood of Christ takes old things and lets them all pass away and removes the guilt, the stain, the sting, the, mem- the memory, the flashbacks of sin and washes that thing completely clean in our hearts, then I need to believe it and just let rest in that and just believe that the blood was enough to set people free, right? And not glorify anything else. It's incredible when we understand that. But it's a boldness that produces in our hearts to enter the holiest place. Like Michelle said, we're in the Holy of Holy. We've passed through the tabernacle, but it's because we walked in on one, on one place and it's the blood of Jesus. It's not anything else. So keep reading. By a new and living way, not the old way and not the dead way. By a new and living way. So the way that we've done it before, we need to kind of change the way that we've done it before. We shouldn't come on our own merit. We shouldn't come on our own prayer. We shouldn't come on our own good deeds. We need to come on the blood of Jesus. Right? By a new and living way, which he consecrated for us, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God and having a high priest over the house of God who's the high priest Jesus okay this is very important this is what I wanted to get to and this is why it took me so long he is our high priest because we've therefore all this stuff the blood of Jesus the boldness that we can come through his flesh and now he's the high priest Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith or the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. So here's the issue and this is what I wanted to get to and this is where I struggled to get to but this is why I got sucked in is Jesus, as our high priest, has created a way for you to draw near to him in a consecrated, he's created a place for you to draw near to him through his blood, and he is the high priest. And this is what I want to get to. So many times, this is what's really, this is what is difficult about the conscience, is your conscience will condemn you when God is not condemning you at all. Your conscience will actually condemn you when you're not doing anything wrong. Does that make sense? Right? Like if you, let's say you, you normally wake up and you spend, you know, an hour reading the Bible in the morning. If you snooze and hit your alarm three times and you only have, now you only have 30 minutes or you only have 20 minutes, subconsciously your conscience will actually condemn you that you didn't do enough. Has anyone ever been there? right? Your conscience will condemn you, but it's not God's condemning you because it's already been established that you're right in his sight. Here's the problem is we don't, and this is where I think we've missed it a lot, and this is what the Lord showed me in my own personal life because I'm the king of beating myself up for not doing enough. I'm the king of that. 
because I want, and it's coming from a pure heart, right? Your pure heart is actually causing condemnation in your life because you're desiring God, right? If you're like in here and you're like, man, I really want to just know Jesus and you're your mind just starts to wander and pretty soon you're like halfway through the worship set and you've just been thinking about like your grocery list on the way home. You'll be like, why did I just do that? Just like all that stuff. Has anyone ever had that happen or is that just me? Like, and then you're beating yourself up. You're like, I came here because I really want to enjoy Jesus and I feel like I just blew it thinking about that I needed to, to buy all this stupid stuff. And it's like all this stuff starts to come in. Your conscience is starting to condemn you. And if you don't know, and this is the answer, if you don't know how to come to him as your high priest, and let him sprinkle your heart from an evil conscience, then your conscience will actually start to condemn you in the way that you're not living up. And if that goes on long enough, you'll actually start to gray your conscience out to where you, you won't have the boldness or the drive or the desire, and you'll think it's you, but it's not you the whole time. Does that make sense? You'll think actually that you're not sincere or you're not actually living for God, but it's not actually your heart at all. The fact that you can even feel that proves that it's not your heart. Because we don't know how to come to him as the high priest, right? Like multiple times, there's been times where I'm just like, I'm in my, whatever, I have an hour to, to pray and spend some time before the kids wake up or whatever. And I'm like sitting there and my mind's just racing. And pretty soon I'm like looking up dirt bike parts online. And I'm like, this is 30 minutes in. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, and I'm just like, so I just settle in my heart that in that moment, I have to come directly to my high priest with boldness and confidence that the blood of Jesus has made a way and he's consecrated this place for me. So I come to him in this sense, and I'm like, man, Lord, I was like, you just got to show me, like, you need, I need your help, and I'm sorry. Like, I've let myself get in this area, but I'm not going to let my heart be condemned, and I need you to sprinkle my conscience from it, from, I need you to sprinkle myself, or my heart from an evil conscience. An evil conscience is one that's just condemning you, right? It's just contrary to what God's saying about you, right? It's not yours. Exactly. Your, your conscience is actually coming and aligning itself with, with co- condemnation when it shouldn't. Is this, is this making sense? It's a, simple, it's a simple way, but that's why it's so much relationship with God, and it's not so much just religion and routine. That's why it's not just knowing the right thing. It's not just helping you, but coming to the Lord and talking to him about what you know and about what it says is super, super important, right? Your, your, your knowledge of the word will turn and condemn you if you're not careful. Like, you'll know all the right things, but you're not living it out, so your conscience is actually defiled, because you see all the right things and you're not measuring up because you haven't come to the Lord in the sense of him as your high priest and let him cleanse your heart from an evil conscience and let him sprinkle your heart with pure water and pure blood, right? That's what the, that's what the priest used to do. He used to dip a little branch, hyssop branch, right, in the blood and you came in to worship and they're like, like blood all over you. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, okay, now I can come in. That's what, we, that's what I'm saying. So when we come to the Lord, we find ourselves where we've been, we haven't been measuring up or we feel like we haven't been measuring up. You just need to be like, all right, Holy Spirit. All right, Father. All right, Jesus. Let's get all you guys in here and do it. You know what I'm saying? But like, all right, Jesus, take, like, take your blood and let me see that you've consecrated this place for me. And even if I haven't done it to this point, I'm thankful that it's still available for me in the next 30 seconds. That's all I have left. I'm thankful that I have this 30 seconds. And let his blood sprinkle you from an evil conscience. Because what you'll do is you'll start to get into a routine and by the byproduct, your conscience will turn you back to the legalistic way of the law and trying to make yourself right. Trying to do, so now you're like, well, tomorrow I'm going to get up 30 minutes earlier. Or tomorrow I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make up for this yesterday and I'm going to do it better today, right? Does anyone ever live like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. I think that, <clears throat> hmm, I'm trying to think of a couple of scenarios. Because sometimes it's like, like what we talked about last week where conviction always calls you up higher to where there's an answer. Condemnation leaves you where you're at. Like one of the, one of the telltale signs that is the Holy Spirit convicting you is you see where you're supposed to, you see what you're supposed to do. So in the relation, like with Ray's situation, she saw that she had to forgive this person and she needed to see, her, like the Lord said, hey, I'm, I'm showing you so much grace. You need to see them in the same way. He's showing her the, the step she needs to take, right? Like in the example of me with my wife, that's whatever, I, I said something wrong with the wrong heart posture. My aunt, like I'm like, oh, I need, to, I need to say I'm sorry and I need to go back and make it right. 
It's not just like, hey, you said that, you're an idiot, now there's no answer for me. The Holy Spirit always shows you where you're going. And that's why, like, the Lord can use your conscience, and I'm not really, if I'm honest, I'm not really concerned whether it's my conscience or the Holy Spirit as long as there's an answer. Does that make sense? I think we kind of, like, sometimes we get a little bit too nitpicky about whether or not, like, was that the Holy Spirit? Was this this? I'm like, if there's an answer, I'm going to run it. If there's not an answer, then I don't think it's good. Does that make sense? Like, we kind of like, was that the voice of the, was that the Lord? Was that the devil? Was that my conscience? If there's an answer, we should run it. If there isn't an answer, we should just say, well, we don't have an answer. That's probably not the Lord. That's not, if, even if it's me or the Lord, or if, even if it's me or the devil, we're both wrong. And I'm just going to go with what he says. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, if that was the conscience or that was the Lord, it looks like we're both right and let's go for it. Like, that's why it's so funny. It's like, I remember one time my brother was talking to Tyler and Tyler was just like, I feel like I'm trying to like, or maybe it was, I'm pretty sure it was Tyler, but he's like, I feel like you can quote, you can ask him if it's right or not later. But he's like, I feel like sometimes I'm just trying to, I feel like it's just me trying to convince myself of all these things. Like I'm saying all these things that is in the, that's in the scriptures. Like, you know, I hear myself saying like, you're righteous, you're pure. Like, you know, you, you're a child of God, you're loved by God, all these things. He's like, I feel like I'm just, like, I feel like it's just my own self that's trying to convince myself. Has anyone ever had that thought? Like, I don't, I don't actually think it's, a, I don't think it's the Lord. I think it's just my own voice. Jared does the best response. He's like, well, if you agree, if you're saying the same thing, then you're right, regardless of who it is. He's like, it doesn't matter. He's like, quit nitpicking whether it's you or him. If you're saying what's true, then it's true, right? Like, if we agree with what God's saying, then we're right. If we agree with what the devil's saying, then we're wrong. There's, like, so does that answer your question? It's a, right, right. It never has condemnation, fear, doubt, or unbelief. Like, it, whenever you, it can be your conscience that's condemning you, but if your conscience is condemning you, it's, it's, it's saying the wrong thing, you know? Like, if the Lord is saying, like, hey, you know, you've, like I've had the Lord say, Dylan, you've been slacking in your, in your secret place time because you've been setting other things higher. You know what I'm saying? So he's saying, but I see what I've been setting higher and I see what I need to change. So it's not just like I'm condemned and I'm like, I'm not doing enough. But the Lord's like, because he's calling me up higher. He's like, perfect example is me chasing, like if I'm chastising valor, I show him what's right. I'm not just showing him what's wrong all the time. I'm not saying, hey, that's not right. That's not right. I'm like, hey, you can do it like this. You can do it like this, but you, that's not the way you do it. You know what I'm saying? You don't bite your sister on the cheek with your lips next to her. That's not a kiss. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like I can see her teeth marks in her cheek. Like, <laughs> but it's like, I'm like, you can get, I was like, give her a gentle kiss with, kiss with just your lips. Show me just your lips. So he's like, I'm like, just your lips. Now try it. Thank you. That's perfect. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, I'm showing him the right way to go. That's why it's like if it's your conscience or the Holy Spirit, he's always going to give you an answer where you're, what you're supposed to do and where you're headed. He's not just going to leave you where you're at. Does that make sense? Is that super good? Any other questions? I feel like there is. Yeah. Yeah, you can just go. I feel like when you talk about confidence, like do we see that in the body of Christ, not, not as much as we should because mm -hmm. we don't understand the blood of Jesus. All these things that we're talking about, like the Lord, especially since I've been at Jesus Church, has really just been, it comes back to the, the, the three, you know, the mind, the, you know, the body and the spirit kind of thing. It, you get confidence from settling in your heart that your spirit is right with God based on what Jesus did and nothing else, zero. So whether my secret time, whether I've been short with my husband, none of those things make me right or wrong. I couldn't do anything good to get into the kingdom. I'm not going to do anything bad. I can't do anything bad to get out. doesn't mean I don't need to be corrected. But if you can settle, like, I'm training myself, because that's really what Romans 12, it's like we're, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, not the renewing of our spirit. It's settling that the blood of Jesus, there's one sacrifice for the forgiveness or the remission of sins forever. And so when the enemy comes with, and you're trying to sort out whoever it was back there that had that question, is this the voice of God? Is this, like, there's nobody on the planet that hasn't struggled with that in mm -hmm. some capacity. Right. If you, this is what I'm trying to train myself to. I want to be transformed. 
it comes transformation. My spirit's already been completely, re- the transformation's complete and done, and it's finished work. So now I want to transform my mind and my thinking and the way I can hear. Right. You can't, the way that I can do that the best is come back to that original truth and start thanking the Lord. Father, like, even like with like what Rachel was saying with like bitterness mm-hmm. and things. Yeah. Even if I find myself struggling in that, and I can, you know, like somebody says something, it reminds me of all the other times they said that, and then they did that, you know, and all of a sudden, like, I can feel that, and you're, I'm condemned. I don't want to be that way. Mm-hmm. The way out for me, and the way to hear the voice, because that is super busy in your head, mm-hmm. and then that's a telltale sign that that's the enemy. Yeah. Super busy, lots of stuff spinning, it's loud, it's... It's a million thoughts at one time. It's a million memories, and you're pretty soon you're 20 years back in time and all this foolishness. And um, the way to uh, thank you, Lord, that my spirit is right with you. In the middle of all that, even if I feel like I've blown it and just really said some things I shouldn't have said, I thank you that my spirit is right with you. I thank you that your blood has made me complete and whole. And I, you know what I mean? You start going, you start thanking the Lord that you're right with God, and I'm going to live with you forever. All that stuff just settles down, and then whatever's left, you can start to say, that sounds like the Lord, yeah, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Even in the middle of just, like, super condemning thoughts about yourself and mm-hmm. all that, a lot of times, it's like you are saying with Tyler, a lot of times, it is just your own thoughts, or it is, you know, whatever. That stuff just needs to... What I'm saying is those can be facts. They can be things that you really shouldn't have said. They can, that can all be true, but I need to go back to the bedrock foundation, foundation that I'm right with God, and then out of that will be those fruits. There'll be the fruit of righteousness. Yeah, yeah. I think that, like, the picture is, if you think about it, what the high priest would do is he'd come, he would come and meet the people that were trying to worship God, right? And he would minister to them, and he would take their sacrifice, and he would minister to the on the altar for their sins, right? Or he would take the, the lamb once a year and minister for the whole sins of the world or the sins of Israel and the sins of himself. Jesus doesn't have to sin, do the sins for himself, right? And when you come, so this is why it's so important. This is what I mean by your answer is to come to him. Your answer is to bring it before him. Because when you come, you're saying, hey, I didn't do this right. I shouldn't have done that right. This is all that's going through my head. He's gonna take you through, take you, walk you all the way to the very back of the whole tabernacle and say, well, the sacrifice is still on the cross, still on there in the same way. And here's the blood. Let me sprinkle your evil, your conscience from, or let me sprinkle your heart from an evil conscience, right? So it's like all these things that try to come up, that try to tell you you're not worthy or try to tell you that you haven't done enough or whatever. And like you said, they might be true. You might be like, you know, you might not have said that right. You shouldn't have probably done that that way. And, but you have to come to him in the sense of, hey, I need to come to my high priest and the blood that he's dipping that branch in is the blood that's already been established forever and always and will always be the answer that's for sins forever, for you, forever, for you, forever, for you and for everybody else forever, right? That's why, it's, that's why he sprinkles your heart with an, from an evil conscience, but he's sprinkling you with his own blood that's already established and that's why he's the high priest, right? Because he's the one that's ministering in the sanctuary He's at the right hand of God making intercession for you, and his blood is speaking better things forever for you, better than the blood of Abel. That's incredible, right? That's why, you're th- that's why you can come and say, man, Lord, I feel like I haven't done enough, and I feel like I blew that 30 minutes of our secret time that we should have done. You just come to him and be like, hey, Holy Spirit. Like, I just did it the other day, like, literally got up an hour, like, got up before my alarm. I'm like, bomb. Spent, like, literally 45 minutes looking at motorcycle parts at 6 a.m., and I'm just like, what am I doing with my time? Like, I literally have zero time, and I just spent 45 minutes on my phone, like, condemned. But I just had to come, I literally just had to come to the Lord and be like, man, Lord, I, like, I blew it. Like, I should have, I, I wish I would have done it differently. You know what I mean? And I don't even know how it happened, but I was just driving home, and it was just, like, the most tender worship time I've ever had in my life. I mean, not ever, but it was super, I was just crying. I'm just, like, driving. Like, I don't even care what people think I look like. Like, just crying, and I'm just like, that just, because I came to him and I let him do whatever he does as the high priest and let him sprinkle my heart from the evil conscience of what I was condemning myself for. But here's the, here's the incredible part is God wasn't condemning me because I spent 45 minutes on my phone, right? He already chose me before the foundation of the world. I'm already his, right? But he wants me to spend that time. He wants, he longs for me and he longs to spend that time with me 
and he longs for myself to enjoy the presence of himself, right? He longs to give himself to me. So he wants that, but he's not just mad, like, he's not mad because I didn't live up to it, but he's calling me up higher, right? But when I come to him, man, that blood is still speaking better things. And I don't know, to be honest, I don't even know how it all played out. Like, he didn't say, here's the answer. It was just like, just like wiped it away, right? Like, you think about the children of Israel, they're just like blood on their face. They're like, I guess that worked. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real. Like, just because God said it. That's all they, like, they didn't, they didn't feel any different. They just believed different. They just had to believe it, right? That's why there's a boldness and a full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. There's a full assurance of faith that we can come behind the veil and come to the high priest. Super important, guys. Super important. And I got completely off, and I don't even know why, but that's super good. If we don't come to him as our high priest, that's why it's so, like, and I'll finish with this. That's why, a, that's why it's so important to have a relationship with Jesus, not just a relationship with church, and not just a relationship with an idea of Jesus because he's alive. Like he, he says, he who is dead and is now risen and sits at the right hand of God. Like he is alive. He's not just dead, he's alive, sitting at the right hand of God. So we don't respond to him just as a dead man, right? We respond to him as a man that's alive. The, the, the writer of Hebrews, whoever that may be, I believe it's Paul too, but whoever that may be, right? They, it was very, like the people he's writing to, they may have possibly saw Jesus in the flesh, resurrected from the dead. So they're, they're talking about a man that they understand is alive and actually was walking among them. And when they see miracles, he'd show up and do things. You know what I'm saying? It was like, that's why he goes on to write about angels. It's like, hey, when you're hanging out with people that you don't know, just be aware they might be angels. Like, just kind of throws it in there just like, okay, that's awesome. But like, it's not a dead God that we're serving and it's not a dead man that we're worshiping, right? It's a living God. So we need to come to him as a living God. And we need to come to him as a living man. So that when we have issues or things in our hearts, we're not letting those things build up and actually start to gray our conscience out. We're addressing them and coming to before him, right? That's why he goes on to say, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That's one of the reasons. It's so that you stir each other up. So you're not letting those things slide. You're not, letting, you're not just coming in and being like, yeah, I'm worshiping, but I have something in my heart that I haven't addressed in my heart, right? That's why in worship, like literally the Lord showed me something that I handled. I said something to somebody that was completely wrong from the wrong heart. The right thing, I said the right thing with the wrong heart posture, and I need to make it right. But thankfully, I came today. You know what I mean? And I didn't sleep in because of that reason right there, right? Super thankful. But I have to address that in my heart and, and, and repent of that and clear my conscience of it. So now that I, I can go to the next conversation that I need to talk to somebody and be like, my heart's clear. I'm not just doing it from the wrong heart again. Does that make sense? Because my heart is what will actually start. That's why you have to guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. You have to guard it with all diligence. So many times, guys, we fall into that trap where there's a, like a little conviction in your heart. There's a little thing that you're supposed to change or do differently. Like, I need to say this differently. I need to go respond or repent and, and reconcile this relationship. I need to forgive this person, but I just, I don't want to. I can't. I'm not going to, whatever. And you're actually you're actually putting your heart in a bad place because your, your conscience will actually start to continue to speak and it's not God speaking, right? We need, that's why you need to come to him and like, like Ray, be like, all right, Lord, like what, what's the answer? And, and he just comes and says, you know, I have so much more grace for you than you do the, for this person, right? So he's taking blood and just sprinkling her from an evil conscience and she has to respond now correctly to receive that grace now to empower her. Right? So now when that bitterness tries to rise back up in, 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 her, in her, it starts to just come back up a little bit more, a little bit more. She shouldn't just be like, I've actually settled that. And it clears her heart and clears her conscience of something that had a hold on her. Does that make sense? She settled it. Like it's in the light. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's, that's why when shame comes up and like, you know, I shouldn't have done this with Simon or whatever, like shame can start to come up. I'm like, no, I've talked to him about it. It's clear. My conscience is cleared of it. My conscience is cleared of it. God's heart for me never changed, but my conscience is clear to it because I've handled it and I did everything I needed to do well, right? Living from your heart is very important and making sure that you can come to the Lord. Like I remember there was this one time, and I'll finish with this, I promise. This is the last one. I remember there was this one time, um, there was something that, I don't know, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Like I had this like party that we were, I was doing and I was trying, I was 
I was going to say something to this person and hadn't talked to them about it, but I knew that, how do I say this without? I was in a room, we were planning this party, and this other person was in the room that I know this other person wouldn't come to the party now because this person's coming. Does that make sense? But they were in the room when we were talking about it. It wasn't my choice. They brought it. Somebody else brought it up, right? So they were like, they were planning with this person that you should come and all this stuff. And it's, you know what I mean? So I don't really have a choice. But So I'm like, I need to go talk to this person and be like, hey, I want you to come. This is what happened. This person is, is already coming. And I know probably you don't want to come now because of that. You know what I'm saying? But that wasn't my intention. I was going to invite both of you separately and make your own, make your own decisions, you know? But now it looks like we brought somebody else in and like, you know, you don't get to come because we already, we already made our choice who we want to come. Does that make sense? And I wanted to talk, talk about it. They find out that this happened before I got to talk about it. And it's all like, you know, bad deal, bad situation. And I just remember sitting in my bed and, and I feel so bad. And they're like super disappointed and mad, you know. And I'm like, I literally was like, man, Lord, like, what do I do? Like, it's, like, it's done. It's settled, you know. Like, it's already happening. I can't change that. And I'd like, I can't change the way that they feel about it. But, and the Lord just showed me, he's like, your heart and your intentions were 100% pure. So you don't need to feel bad about it. And I'm like, oh, you're totally right. Like, my conscience actually in that place, the Lord agreed with, like, my conscience convicted me, convicted me of purity in my heart to where I was trying to help this person the best. I was, I was actually doing it for their sake and their benefit. Like, but it wasn't, it was out, it like, it got took out of my hands and I was trying to do it in the best way so that I could protect their hearts. And it just settled in my heart. I'm like, they're never going to forgive me for it, but I don't really need them to because I've, like, my heart was pure. So I just said it to them. I'm like, hey, that was not my intention, 100%. I tried my best to do it the best way that I could. And I wanted, I wanted to do it on your, for your sake. I was like, and I know you probably won't see that and you don't see that and that's okay. But like, like, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to feel bad about it because I did it for your benefit. Like I tried my best and, and they, they didn't respond well. They didn't forgive me and they weren't, mad, they weren't happy with me. And I'm like, but like in my heart, I went to sleep. I was like, you're totally right. Like I know, but my conscience wasn't like, oh no, you were trying to hide it and all that stuff. That would rise up if that wasn't true. You know what I'm saying? But it was true in my heart. So my conscience agreed with what the Lord was already saying and, and he settled me in something. And that's why living from your heart is very important, Right. That's why in that situation where I'm sharing something with somebody, I need to be like, yeah, you're right. My heart wasn't right in that. I need to address it. But if my heart was right in it, the, the enemy can come, like you were saying, the enemy can come and say all day long, but my heart would agree with, with what the Lord already says. The heart, my heart would agree and be like, no, I know my heart was pure. I know I did that with the right intentions. That's why living from your heart is very important. And living from a clear conscience is very important in our lives. Does that make sense? Um. Can you stand with me? I'll pray for you guys. But <clears throat> I feel like for whatever reason, I got on all that, and that was not my plan. But I believe that there's some, I believe the Lord wants, I believe the Lord wanted that to happen, and I believe that there is a clearing of people's hearts that needs to happen and, and be established. So if there's things in, I'm going to pray, um, but I believe like a lot of things have kind of rose up in people's hearts to where they see situations that they need to make right or they see things that they need to clear their conscience of um and i'm just going to pray and then i believe and i i'm thankful that the holy spirit's going to kind of show you guys and that you can all you have to do is step into it and there's going to be freedom on the backside, right there's going to be a clearing of your heart a clearing of your conscience and like greater boldness like just come to the come to the high priest right now is that cool so let me pray for you father i just thank you for I thank you for the goodness of your pursuit and your love for us as sons and daughters that you will not let little things come in and try to steal our joy, steal our peace, steal our pursuit and our intimacy with you and with people. So Father, I thank you that there is going to be a clearing of our hearts when we, when we respond well to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you that you're revealing things in people's hearts that need to be addressed. You're revealing things in people's hearts that, whether that be forgiveness that needs to happen, whether that be repentance that needs to be asked for or forgiveness that needs to be asked for. Um, 
whether that just be things in their heart that they need to address with you in the way that they've seen them, they see themselves, the things that they're judging themselves on. But Lord, I just thank you that you're going to reveal that to us right now in this moment. And I thank you that there's going to be, um, yeah, just a desire and a passionate pursuit of walking this thing out and seeing it, seeing it come to fruition in our hearts. And I thank you that you're giving people necessary responses that they need to do. So right now, Father, we just thank you for that. We'll just take a moment. We just bless your bride. We bless your bride. We just thank you that you're working us into a place of no spot or wrinkle. And Lord, we thank you that you have perfected us forever and that we are being sanctified into your image, Lord. And we just pursue that with all our hearts. We just thank you for a deeper hunger for pursuit of holiness, a deeper hunger for a pursuit of Christ's likeness. And we thank you, Lord, that we'll be a house that looks like Jesus. In your son's name we pray, amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed. Um, volleyball tomorrow at 6 p.m. if you want to come play some pickup volleyball and I think that's it.